Hi Freedom Church, I uh, hope you're doing really well. Uh, trust that you're safe. Um, I wanted to ask you this morning, what are some of the things that you're enjoying most during this lockdown season? For us as a family, it is definitely uh, being able to walk our puppy, Lexi, uh, to the park every day. Um, I know for a couple of years, my wife and my kids have been harassing me for a dog. And uh, we actually got this puppy about a month before lockdown. So it was perfect timing. Uh, but I wanted to just tell you a story uh, about one of these visits to the park. Um, my wife was actually doing Pilates online at the time. And my uh, daughter, she was doing some homework. So I took the two boys out with the dog and we got to the park and we have this rule during lockdown um, that we don't take the dog off her lead. She's a puppy. She's not um, very obedient. She's not well trained. But being a man, who follows rules? And I just thought, you know what, let's give it a go. Let's take her off the lead. Let's see how it goes. And there I was using treats and I was sending her off to fetch the ball and she was coming back. And I was, I was pretty proud of myself, really. And um, I thought, she's not going to believe this, my wife. And we were walking through the park, and I continued to keep her off the lead, and she stayed by my side. And uh, it was amazing. I thought, wow, she really is obeying me. And we came around the corner uh, to the mansion house in Calderstones Park. Uh, my son ran off of this tree that he normally climbs. And uh, there were some skateboarders outside the mansion house. And as Lexi saw these skateboarders, she looked at them and then freaked out and just ran in the opposite direction. And I was stuck in this quandary of my son is up a tree, my youngest son. And so me and my nine-year-old son were standing there watching the dog just sprint as fast as she could in the opposite direction. And I thought, she's going to come back. She's going to come back. She's going to come back. She's, she's not coming back. And my son just sprinted off to get her. And I sprinted to get my son from the tree. And as I was going, I started thinking about the reality of going home without the dog. What would my wife's reaction be to this? How is she possibly ever going to understand what I've done? This one simple thing that I was asked to do, to go and take the dog for a walk, I've just absolutely messed up. I just thought, she's never going to forgive me. And there was this panic just rising in me as, as Noah took longer and longer to come back. But thankfully, about five minutes later, he walks around the corner with our dog in his arms. And there's just this relief that it's all going to be okay. Why do I tell you this story? Well, actually, in, in this book of Acts that we're going through, we're going to see the story today of a jailed God who thinks he's messed it all up. Actually, he's messed it all up to the point where he wants to end his life because he realises that being a prison guard in this time and not being able to keep hold of your prisoners, he's not going to live for very long. Uh, so just to give you a little bit of background around this passage before we dive into it, Chris spoke last week about Paul arriving at Philippi and how they saw this amazing conversion of a lady called Lydia. And then what's happened is they have met a slave girl who was essentially a fortune teller and she was making lots of money for her owners. And um, Paul releases her from this spirit of divination, it says. And her owners are absolutely furious. And so they go to the authorities and um, they get Paul and Silas thrown into prison which is where we pick the story up. So if you want to turn with me to Acts 16, we're in verse 22. The crowds joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave them orders to beat them with rods. 
And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptised at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into the house and he set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. So I want to just pick up on three points throughout this passage. Uh, firstly, I want to talk about joy in all circumstances. Uh, we have this verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, it's very easy to skip over this line, but it's huge, isn't it? Because I've just told you what's happened before this. And, and actually, when Chris was speaking last week, we find out that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, literally stopped Paul. Uh, they were trying to enter, enter Bithynia, weren't they? But it says the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. And so they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. And it says that during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave Macedonia, including that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul and Silas have been miraculously led by God, firstly, by being stopped from enter, entering Bithynia, and secondly, through a vision that they had to go to Macedonia. And so here they are in Philippi, and they see this miraculous conversion of Lydia. And now, after they set a young girl free from this spirit, they are severely flogged and thrown into prison. I just want to say this is not the sort of prison that we have in this country. It's not clean with nice facilities to use. You don't get human rights in this prison. This prison, we find out, is pitch black. It would have been damp, probably infested with rodents. Intimidation through torture would have been the normal practice. We see it here. And honestly, knowing God had led me to Philippi and then being beaten and put in jail, that honestly would challenge my faith. You know, those questions, God, why, why did you allow this to happen? Why didn't you protect us at this point? It was all going so well. We've seen these great conversions. Why now? And I guess sometimes it can feel a little bit like that in lockdown. You know, as Freedom Church, we had this Alpha course going. It was going so well. Why now, Lords? 
Why coronavirus right now? But what we see here with Paul and Silas is actually a robust and a mature faith. We see that they knew that suffering was part of the course. And we see that no matter what happens, they were not going to stop or be deterred from praying and worshipping God. They were actually a joy they had. They had a purpose. They weren't embarrassed. And they knew in this jail cell that people were watching them. And uh, I want to say that this type of faith that we see here, we see displayed, it's attractive, isn't it? It's an authentic faith. And for us, we're, we're all in lockdown, but we're in lockdown in the comfort of our own homes. And, you know, this provokes me, it provokes me in my prayer life. You know, those questions, what can God do through me while I can't leave my house? Where does my head tend to go uh, when I'm frustrated or confused about where God is in this. I want to say church, Freedom Church. Do you know what? We have a world looking into the church online like never before. And thankfully, we've seen some remarkable things happening during this lockdown season. You know, we've seen this song go out, the UK Blessing, which has been released. And we've seen over 2.1 million people currently watching this video, which is... Um, God's word being sung. And we're hearing stories of people who are listening, listening to it, who don't profess a faith in Jesus, declaring how they've been profoundly moved by it. Even the prime minister has recognised and awarded Tim Hughes uh, this week for this song. You know, the number of the UK population that was attending church before this lockdown was gone from five to seven percent. And now those people logging in online, there's a survey being done. They think there's about 24% of people logging into online church. That's one in four people, they would say, are logging into church every week. Isn't that phenomenal what God is doing during this season of lockdown? And you know, I imagine that not all the prisoners in that cell with Paul and Timothy were actually thankful for their prayers and songs, to be honest. It must have been, I think, intimidating for them to be singing and to be praying in front of these guys. And to be honest, I find this whole online and worldwide reach quite intimidating. It can feel vulnerable. It can feel embarrassing. But, you know, God gave these men joy and boldness in the darkest of times. And I'm praying for the same right now. I'm praying that we might not be silent in this difficult time, but that others would see our love and our joy in all circumstances, that they would see an authentic faith through this period of lockdown. And I'm praying that many would hear and come to know Jesus. You know, God is not constrained by our lack of a public venue to gather in. He used Paul and Silas while being locked in a prison cell, and he wants to use us while being locked in our own houses. Secondly, I want to talk about freedom and I want to talk about true freedom. Now, I love the film Braveheart starring Mel Gibson, which is all about the life of uh, William Wallace um, leading the Scots in the first war of Scottish independence, really, against King Edward I of England. And he makes this tremendous speech to his men on the front line as they're about to go into battle against the English that are opposing them. And he says this, he says, one of the men asked him, are we really okay to go fight? And he says, aye, fight and you may die. Run and you live. 
at least a while, and dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. And I love this film. It's an inspiring film. It's an inspiring speech about true freedom. And, do you know, we have a history in this country and around the world of slavery, don't we? And the good news is slavery was abolished in the USA on the 18th of December, 1865. The abolition of slavery. And so I want to ask you, how many slaves were there on the 19th of December, 1865? Well, legally, none. In reality, though, there were many who still lived like slaves because the simple truth is that some did not learn the truth that it was now unlawful to be enslaved. And for others, they knew and even believed that they were free, but they chose to live as they'd been taught their entire lives. It was too difficult to live differently. And, uh, you know, now, although slavery has thankfully been abolished here in the UK, it still exists in our society, doesn't it? And I'm not just talking through trafficking or labour, but there are many who would be described as imprisoned to addiction or paralysed to fear. And the reality for many is that although slavery has been abolished, they're actually still living in slavery. And I want to suggest that as we look at Paul and Silas compared to the jailer, that although Paul and Silas were literally imprisoned, it was actually the jailer who wasn't truly free. So why do I say this? Well, I want to just put the case across, really. For Paul and Silas, as we see them, as we look at them, we see that there was a joy. Um, there was a joy that was there and present in all circumstances. They were actually doing what they wanted to do, and they loved it, even behind bars and in stocks and beaten. They have joy. They seem to know a purpose in their life. And we read that there was an earthquake that happened and the prison doors flung open in this passage. Now, had that been me, I would have been gone in a flash. Thank you, Lord. You've answered our prayers. You've opened up the doors. I'm going to run out of here. But Paul and co, they don't do that. The doors have been opened and yet they stay. They actually have choices and the decisions that they make at this time don't seem to be controlled by fear. In fact, just as William Wallace goes, it feels like Paul would be shouting the same. You can take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. It doesn't seem to be a fear of death for them. And yet when we look at the prison gods, he hears this earthquake and he runs into the cell. Now it's pitch black and his one job was to make sure these prisoners do not escape. And just like that moment for me, although this, this was a lot worse, obviously, is he has that moment, oh no, I'm in big trouble. They've escaped. And you know, he knows the consequence. For him, he's going to be killed. And so he decides there and then to kill himself. So great is the fear of man that he would rather not face it. And the prison guards, just to say, say history-wise, he would have likely have been a highly decorated Roman centurion who in retirement gets to run this prison. 
And so great was his disappointment in this moment with himself. His life just feels exposed. It feels so bad that he wants to end it all. And when we look at choices, there doesn't appear to be another choice available to him at this point in time. We know he has a family because we meet them. And yet still having a family, he seems he seems from the outside to have life all together. This decorated soldier, this guy who's got a job, he is treated well in this Roman colony. He is a Roman. He gets all the privileges of that. And life seems to be all together until this point. And I just wonder how many people's lives feel like this. Like you failed. And like everybody sees it and knows it. And maybe you feel criticised and you feel undervalued. You feel exposed. And um, you feel like you're in a pretty dark place and you feel alone. I want to say this prison guard wasn't actively searching for meaning. But at this moment, he just wants to end it. Until, until from out of the darkness, a voice shouts, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Just in this moment here, Paul is actively loving his oppressor. He's not full of resentment. He's not full of fear of being beaten again or locked up for weeks on end. He's actually full of love for this man. This man who has beaten him, who has locked him up. And so I want to challenge you with this question. Who is truly free in this story? Is it Paul and Silas or is it the jailer? Finally, I want to talk about saving love. We read in verse 29 here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, the Bible tells us actually that, spiritually speaking, all of our lives are like this jailer's life. We're actually in total darkness and there's no hope. Or life, no matter how we live it, whether that be oppressing those around us, like this jailer, or those who are trying to live a good life, who may be doing lots of charitable work, uh, they may not be harming anybody. The Bible actually tells us all of our lives, all of our good and bad works are flawed fundamentally. It says we've actually been slaves to one master. We've been slaves to ourselves. We've been going our own way. And it says we've all fallen short of the high standard of perfection that God has set. So even all the good stuff that we've done in our lives that we're really maybe quite proud of is totally flawed in this context. And it's in the context of recognition, of understanding that we are all flawed. Just like this, Jailer realised, oh, I messed it all up, that I believe God wants to call us to him. He wants to shout out to you if you don't know him. I love you and I'm here with you. I see it all, all of your life, even those times when no one was there and you thought no one was watching. And I still love you. I'm still with you. And, you know, in the Bible, light has always been a symbol of hope. 
Okay, and this light that the jailer brings in reveals the fact that Paul is still there in this prison. And it's the reason that this jailer doesn't kill himself. Someone cares. The jailer is a hardened Roman soldier. And as I said previously, it doesn't appear at all that he's interested in these Christians, in what they stand for. But I want to say what they have done will likely have not gone unnoticed. He will have known about the slave girl who they prayed for and who was then released from this spirit. He will have seen how they responded to torture. And he's now seen the miraculous power of these cell doors opening and these guys not running, but choosing to love him. They're thinking first and foremost about him. And for him, this is enough. He wants in. What must I do to be saved? And you know, the consequence to this salvation is the most significant you could possibly imagine. Because transformation and freedom await this man. An eternal hope of life with God await him. But the way to do this is just so simple. And it's in this passage. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. And it says they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. So what is this belief? What is this believing in the Lord Jesus that Paul asks him to do? To be saved. I want to say this belief is not abstract. It's not academic. It's not just a nice thought. To believe in Jesus was to give your entire life over to him. But not because you have to, but because you want to. It's about realising that your life spiritually is total darkness. It's a prison that is empty and void of meaning. And the only way out of this is to follow him who calls himself the way. To put your trust in Jesus, the saviour, the one who humbled himself and came to earth. The one who died on the cross and rose victorious over sin and death. The one who was given everything that you might have life, that you might have freedom from slavery to selfish ways, freedom from fear of death. So just as Paul and Silas had joy, you too can have and know that same joy. Knowing that even if death comes, it's not the end. In fact, there's an eternity and a security and love God wants you to know. So, just to say, this Roman soldier, he would have had a very interesting past. He would have probably have killed many, uh, many men, women, children. We know from this passage that he was used to torturing people, and we know that he was from one of the most ruthless re regimes in the world. And yet, the only thing he had to do was to put his faith in Jesus. And he would be saved. So all of his past, his present and his future mistakes were forgiven in an instance. And we see that this jailer, even in the first few hours, he is a transformed man. We read, don't we, that the jailer brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. 
And it says he washed their wounds. We know that he provided a meal for them. His heart was transformed to start loving others. And he's filled with this beautiful joy. Now, you may be sitting there in your living room or maybe even in your bed. And you may have logged into online church, but you're not particularly searching. And yet there's a recognition here, um, a recognition that your life, your decisions that you've made are totally flawed. And just like we hear that the earthquake shook the foundations of the prison, maybe that's how you feel about your life, that actually many of the things that you've built your life around have been shaking at this time. And you recognise the state of your life, the darkness that you're in. And you know that you need a saviour. And so just as the jailer washed clean Paul's wounds in this passage, I want to say to you, Jesus wants to come today. And he wants to call out, just as Paul did, I love you and I'm here with you, right here in your living room. And I want to wash clean all of the sin and the shame in your life. He wants to bring a deep joy. He wants to give you such a hope and a future that I promise you, you will not regret. All you need to do is believe in the Lord Jesus. Put your trust in him. And so I want to invite you today um, to allow him to lead your life, to become a Christ follower. And uh, we'd love to help you on this journey. If that's you, you can contact us uh, on our Facebook page or on our website or on our YouTube live site. And we would love to be able to uh, help you in this, be able to send you resources if you're making that decision today. Now for the church, I want to encourage you to just be so thankful and to read the times that we are in and to understand that God is doing remarkable things in this difficult season. And he wants to use us to see his kingdom come even in lockdown. He wants to encourage us to be expectant and he wants to remind us also that we are a truly free people, that he has released us from all of the bonds that held us and that you can choose today to live in that freedom. And that might mean for many of us recognising areas in our life uh, that have been exposed during lockdown that aren't, we're not currently living in that freedom. And it's discerning how God wants to empower us to say no to fear, to fear of death. Uh, to fear of sickness, to say no to addiction or to anger. It's a beautiful gospel, folks. And uh, I want to say have a great week. God bless you and look forward to seeing you soon.